Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers! Welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with Toasty. And Toasty, today we're talking about, I think this is probably one of the most numerous monsters. You come across these guys, like, everywhere, right? Everywhere. Everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Yeah, we're talking about ghouls today. Do ghouls and al ghouls. <clears throat> so both. It's kind of a combo bestiary episode. And let's just jump right into it. Where do we start when it comes to ghouls and al ghouls? Uh, so we start with the the first one. <laughs> the, we start with ghouls. You start with ghouls. Uh, my segues are terrible today. I'm still kind of tired. Uh, <laughs> This is going to be, this is going to be a good episode, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, After the Northern Wars, necrophages generally grew bolder and multiplied in the Northern Kingdoms. Ghouls, a subspecies, became the most common corpse eaters, Mm. usually found roaming around in packs, distinguishable from their cousins, owl ghouls, by their sickly paleness of their visage. After hunting unknowing locals, they shredded their prey to pieces with fangs and claws, the corpse then being then left to age. They can also hunt livestock, such as sheep and goats. While generally sensitive to silver, ghouls are also affected by light, such as the sun or fire. So this is a species of monster that is particularly a, a big fan of warfare because of all the mm-hmm. bodies that are left and you see that in the games a little bit like the remnants yeah, of a battlefield especially yeah you know? yeah and then a bunch of ghouls picking over the dead bodies on a battlefield so we're going to go through like we normally do we're going to talk about where they show up in each of the games so Witcher 1 Witcher 2 uh there's no ghouls in Witcher 2 are we skipping over that one uh it might have gone by a different name but uh but yeah technically uh witcher one and, and witcher three and then uh in the real world instances of uh lore and, and fiction and myth that builds to influence this series like we normally do so all right so let's start off with the witcher one we've got a journal bestiary entry here i'll go ahead and read it it says ghouls are said to have been humans who were once forced into cannibalism and after many years spent in dark crypts underwent a horrifying transformation only human flesh can satisfy their eternal evil hunger so they kill people and store the remains in the recesses of their lairs so this is if anybody's a fan also of the fallout games and fallout 76 and some of the cryptids this sounds very similar to the um oh what was it called the uh it just fell out of my brain uh fallout 76 cryptids um but i'll find it in a second go ahead i was trying to think of them when i was like a (laughs) mothman but i don't think no the wendigo the wendigo also has a similar similar quality i mean there are ghouls in fallout but those ghouls are irradiated humans so the origin is a little bit different um the fallout the the fallout wendigo kind of looks uh rather similar i would say yeah the lanky arms like the claws the kind of bulbous head yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so So. similar i'm assuming there's probably some similar origins uh across different cultures for these kinds of creatures but um what is this classified we usually go through the classification and some of the tactics to fight them and stuff like that so in the witcher Mm -hmm. one how is that set up okay so um 
for the Witcher one, uh, they are classes necrophage, uh, one of the one creature type or monster types that doesn't actually change throughout the the games. Mm-hmm. I know we like back in Witcher one, we get a lot of like really strange ones like ornithosaurs or whatnot. So, yeah, right, right. Uh, but necrophage stays uh, stays strong and true throughout the series. Um, they occur in battlefields, like we mentioned before, as well as cemeteries and abandoned crypts. Anywhere you can find dead bodies. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Um, they are resistant to common poisons, uh, but are susceptible to silver and necrophage oil. Uh, the strong style is most efficient against ghouls. Experienced witchers use the group style while fighting multiple ghouls. So for people who don't know in The Witcher 1, you had like separate fighting styles, like uh, a fast, strong group um, where basically the attacks were different and some of them were more effective against certain creatures as opposed to others. Um, so it, w- it was a very strange mechanic. I'm it's curious one of those, how they might do that in the remake. I yeah. don't think that would have quite the same effect. In the- it, it feels like one of those like early PC game type uh, mechanics that was yeah. overly complicated in a way that didn't really add to the game. It just gave you a different button to push to and then figure things out but so yeah, yeah so th- typically these come in groups so the group style would be beneficial when going against yeah, more than one definitely right so what are uh, what's the general tactic here for fighting them in the witcher one uh well so they will attempt to try to knock you down uh and then surround you and start eating you alive so very similar to like uh, like zombie uh media where they just basically dogpile onto you and try to just like rip you apart right. nothing too crazy there tactic would be you know if if you're fighting that many use group style to kind of keep them a little bit at bay because it keeps them kind of out of range a little bit um and as for loot off of them you can uh retrieve the abomination limp white vinegar and ghoul blood Mm, white vinegar we're gonna Mm -hmm. we're gonna have a ghoul salad tonight with some ghoul white vinegar dressing Oh, you want the oil and oil and vinegar dressing on the, the the ghoul salad? Mom, I thought you said we were out of salad dressing. I found some more. Don't worry. Oh dear. But you didn't go to the market. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, don't don't eat that. <laughs> it probably would make you rather sick. Uh, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what uh, else do we need to know about them? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, abomination nests. Um, and it seems to be the term that they use for ghouls a lot in uh, Witcher 1. Uh, nests in cemeteries, old burial mounds known as kurgans, necropolises, and on battlefields. Disgusting in form and character, it emerges to feed usually during the full moon. And well-rotted corpses are a delicacy for it. When driven by hunger, the ghoul will not hesitate to prey on the living. Only by fire, silver, and bright light can they be harmed. For this reason, it hunts only at night. Okay, so this sounds pretty standard for mm-hmm. what we would know about ghouls. Uh, Witcher one isn't too different. Um, now you've got a section here from the monster book. What is what does this say? Uh, yeah, so monster book again for for people who aren't aware are kind of like the creators giving us uh, or not creators but uh, CD Projekt Red kind of giving us like their reasoning or like their inspirations for some of the monsters and how they design them and whatnot. Um, it's pretty cool and they actually have a uh, have a post of the monster book for ghouls um so this is taken from you know the monster book uh, ghouls like drowners appear often in the game 
an understatement. Yeah. I feel yeah. like often is an understatement. Yeah. Uh, Geralt frequently has the opportunity to practice his silver sword techniques on this monster. Since the drowner became grotesque, we made the ghoul both scary and a bit pathetic without rendering him humorous. Yeah. Drowners and ghouls are kind of similar. They're both necrophages, but they're both necrophages. They're trying one. to distinct, make them distinct from each other. Yeah. Or ghoul looks more like the rotting dead. Uh, in a way, the the drowners look like drowned. I mean, drowned dead, um, which is a type. Uh, <laughs> it's a type. They, well, no, the drowned dead is a type of drowner. It's like an evolved you know, form. It's not my type, um, but it's that's no, fine. Right. That's cool. That's cool. Everyone's got their been, type. It might have been Crow's type. If I oh, oh, good. <laughs> As a foul scavenger, he has all the necessary attributes. Deadly pale, spotted skin, a noseless head resembling a skull, and a strong jaw capable of cracking open any bone. A bit of artistic trickery and clear connotations went into creating the model for this rather dumb, hideous creature. The ghoul is no joke. It is stocky and ready to attack. It loves feasting on human cadavers and has nothing but fresh... Has nothing... but has nothing against fresh warm meat. Right. When it grabs its prey with its ape-like arms, there is no escape. Ape-like arms, <laughs> slender, decaying uh, ape-like arms. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So we go from The Witcher 1 to The Witcher 3, which most people are familiar with. And we've mm-hmm. got a bestiary entry from that game. It says, ghouls creep and crawl at night, eating everything in sight. In a snap, they'd eat you too, chop you up for a ghoulish stew, which is a children's rhyme in the world of The Witcher. I guess yeah, and the I, people on the continent I, like to, you know, make these rhymes up about monsters. Yeah, I can't. If I recall correctly, I think that they're like singing that in like Crookback Bog, like the kids that are in Crookback Bog. I believe yeah. that that is the the little nursery rhyme that they're doing. Um, yeah. I might be mistaken, but the ghoulish stew is uh, ringing familiar here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Ghouls and graveyards are hard to describe. In part, they resemble humans, yet on the whole, they are the utter negation of all that is human. Though they have arms and legs like men, they walk on all fours like dogs or badgers. Though they have eerily eerily familiar faces, one searches them in vain for any sign of sentiment, reason, or even a spark of consciousness. They are driven by one thing and one thing only, an insatiable craving for human flesh. Ghouls and their more dangerous cousins, graveyards, usually feed in small groups, at times led by an owl ghoul. Since they delight most in the taste of fresh carcasses, they appear wherever newly dug graves are to be found, cemeteries, crypts, catacombs, and battlefields. Whenever the opportunity arises, they hunt the living as well, especially when they have strength in numbers. In a one-on-one fight with a trained witcher, a a ghoul poses little threat. But one must remember that wounded individuals can erupt in a mad frenzy. At such times, they attack fiercely, paying no heed to their own safety and brushing off all wounds. One must likewise bear in mind that ghouls and graveyards are particularly dangerous around dusk and at night. So similar, but a little bit different and and described in a different way. The whole going on all fours kind of thing. Uh, Also stronger at night, kind of come out in the dark. Um, The uh, the whole like erupting into a mad frenzy thing that's a mechanic in the game where the where the ghouls just start like flailing about mm-hmm. and you kind of just got to get out of the way and let them do their thing or get behind them. Um, 
All right, so we've got like class and uh, a bunch of other stats here from The Witcher 3. So let's go through those. Mm-hmm. So, of course, again, the same necrophage. Um, they have the variant known as algals, which we are going to talk about. Um, they occur anywhere nor- near corpses. You got corpses? In that one. You got near flies corpses. and ghouls, both, both things. Basically, for The Witcher 3 is everywhere because there's bodies everywhere because it's an active <laughs> war zone. Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, they are susceptible to necrophage oil. Um Although I do find it interesting, uh, it's not listed particularly in the bestiary, but one of the things is that uh, ghouls do regenerate health, and if you uh, if you use igni, it stunts their regeneration. Because they're on fire, bit. right? Yeah, so right. igni is kind of also a tool there that you can use. Um and then for loot, they have quite a bit. Uh, ghoul's blood, monster blood, monster claw, monster eye, monster liver, monster saliva, monster tongue, monster tooth, venom asterisk, extract, lesser blue mutagen, and lesser green mutagen. Yeah, so like we've normally seen in a lot of these, the number of different kinds of things you get from the monsters in The Witcher 3 is a lot greater than in The Witcher 1. There's a lot more mm-hmm. crafting and options to sell stuff and all of that. Yeah. So, so if you end up needing... a uh, are, are in need of the more base monster parts just go kill a bunch of ghouls they will provide you with plenty plenty of monster saliva i wonder if that's the same as the, <laughs> as the vinegar it's possible it's probably oh. just as acidic if oh. i would have to guess i mean where does the vinegar come from it's got to come from some one of their liquids um, oh gosh oh gosh all right combat tactics let's talk about combat <laughs> tactics <laughs> Uh, a key strategy to make fighting a group of ghouls easier is to keep moving around until one ghoul gets separated. When this happens, circle the ghoul and try to kill it. Do small attacks now and then, but keep dancing around. I mean, granted, let's be honest, a key to fighting everything in The Witcher is to just keep moving. Keep moving. Um, keep moving. Pretty much. Uh, if a ghoul is low on health and starts snarling loudly, this is a sign that the ghoul is becoming enraged. Make this ghoul your priority to kill, as otherwise it will regenerate most of its health. When enraged, the ghoul behavior grows more aggressive. The axie sign works well for stopping the effects of enrage. So an- another use for, for a sign, a different sign. Mm-hmm. But um, So two different signs are useful against these. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about owl ghouls and how they're different so what what is the difference what what is an algal so they are a subspecies of necrophage um biological cousins of ghouls but are distinguished by their darker visage a larger size and strength colorings and intelligence so Uh, they're like ghouls on steroids or like the hulk form of a ghoul yeah and in uh the witcher 3 specifically they do have that very distinguishable set of like back spikes that can like deter you so also a way of showing uh, of uh differentiating them from regular ghouls right all right so we got another uh best year entry here owl ghouls are ghouls which have been devouring corpses for so many years that human flesh becomes irresistible and they begin to prey on the living they are seen in crypts and on battlefields frequently surrounded by ghouls simple folk do not notice the difference between these two types of scavengers unlike witchers who know that the owl ghoul is a more aggressive and challenging opponent so this is like a a regular ghoul that has 
been around long enough to develop mm-hmm. uh, a you know, kind of grow in size and become bigger, but then also start feasting off of living people, yep. which probably helps them grow bigger also. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, of course, classed as necrophage. Um, the, the very specific thing it notes for occurrence is that they occur differently than ghouls because they appear in old necropolises and crypts, which kind of just gives me the impression that they generally are in more like i guess older areas Mm -hmm. uh and like they're it kind of gives them more like a vibe of like a like leader in a sense like i know that the intelligence isn't really there for them to be like a proper like pack leader or something but it's like kind of like they're back in like the older like more revered places and probably send out ghouls to like basically retrieve stuff for them like yeah. okay like you're gonna bring me back food i don't have to go do the work as much right safer than roaming around and finding battlefields they've kind mm-hmm. of found these locations to nest in that are a little mm-hmm. bit more i don't know protected for them yeah uh they are immune to common poisons as opposed to the ghoul being resistant uh and are resistant to knockdown attempts so today's so those harder to uh to get uh than regular ghouls they are sensitive to silver um and the strong style is the most effective one okay, okay. Uh, very similar um owl ghouls similar tactics they try to knock down their opponents and eat them alive they are still not very intelligent so their tactics are rather simple um and then for loot uh you can same with the white vinegar that still comes around with them uh but they also have uh you can also loot cadaverine and algul marrow all right so we still get the white vinegar that's the important part um yeah, yeah, the important part you gotta get that salad <laughs> gotta eat your salad uh that, so that's a witcher one witcher three also has a bestiary that says an algul is basically a bad arse ghoul it's all one word bad arse ghoul Yarpin Zigrin, Dwarven Warrior. <laughs> I mean, it is Yarpin. It is Yarpin. Uh, that's exactly what you would expect from Yarpin. <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right. So w- what's the description for the Witcher 3 version of these? Uh, owl ghouls differ from normal ghouls in size, strength, coloring, and most importantly, intelligence. Whereas ghouls and graveyards are primitive creatures unfit to plan even the simplest ambush, owl ghouls and their kindred, such as scimitars, which is like cemetery uh c-e-m-e-t-a-u-r-s mm-hmm. are capable of forethought and are thus much more dangerous ghouls seem to possess wits enough to at least know a brighter mind when they see it and so let owl ghouls and scimitars lead their packs a pack so led will terrorize all in its path attacking not only lone travelers but also caravans and even farmsteads when encountering such a pack the owl ghouls should be eliminated as a first priority leaving the other beasts for once their leader is gone one be particularly careful when fighting algals around dusk and at night when they fight with doubled strength. I'm, I also am a night person. I'm kind of an evening guy. But my strength doesn't double. That would be cool. I'm, I've been so, like, <laughs> conditioned for morning, morning like work. night. I'm just tired at night at this point. Yeah, because you're Also, that, it so helped my work schedule is, yeah get up at 4 a.m. most days so you know that's great nighttime i'm just i'm just dead to the world most of the time <laughs> right right 
All right, so, but there's more to it. During combat, Al Ghul's and Scimitars try risky maneuvers aimed at knocking their opponents to the ground so the others can finish the job by tearing them to shreds. Like a normal ghoul, an injured Al Ghul can fall into a frenzy and attack with blind fury. An experienced Witcher knows to get out of its way on such occasions and strike from behind, while for an inexperienced Witcher, such a turn of events often marks the end of his path. Okay, so these also are classed Necrophage just like Mm -hmm. in all the other ones and uh occurrences include battlefields other locations with large numbers of corpses uh shallow graves places like that right Mm -hmm. now they're susceptible to necrophage oil and the axi sign so in this one it actually Mm -hmm. lists the axi sign the axi sign is uh more specifically in this case is whenever they are going on that like defensive like back spike like stance you can use axi to basically stun them out of it mm-hmm. and allow yourself to attack them. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, a little bit less loot than regular ghouls. Um, Algal bone marrow, Algal claw, Algal mutagen and lesser, lesser red mutagen. So mm-hmm. a little bit more specific, but of course, because these are Algal bone marrow and claw and mutagen, they're going to be more value valuable because they're more rare. So, so you've got that. All right, well, let's talk com- combat tactics. You're coming across one of these things they're smarter they're stronger definitely don't want to fight them at night yeah uh owl ghouls are more powerful than ghouls and graveyards and making them the greatest threat in a ghoul pack which they are normally found with uh an otherwise coordinated pack becomes less so once the owl ghoul has been dealt with axie forces the spines on an owl ghoul to retract after a few seconds with the added benefit of temporarily stunning the creature an Al Ghul can emit a piercing scream to stun nearby victims, as well as send nearby ghouls into a raging frenzy. When enraged, an Al Ghul grows spines on its back. This makes attacking it a very dangerous proposition, as the spines are harmful if you use melee attacks. Right. So be careful. If it's a pointy, be careful. Right? Yes, be careful. That's the general Watch rule. Watch out. Watch out for the sharp things. Watch out for the pointy things. All right, cool. Well, we need to take a break and go thank our patrons, but we will be back with some real-world mythology about ghouls, so don't go anywhere. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right, we're in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, including our brand newest patron, Sergey, 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 maybe? I don't know. I'm probably butchering your name. Sergey P. Welcome to the Patreon. I'm so sorry that I don't read words very well. And also thank you to Ben of Tamara and Jared M., our higher vampire tier patrons who get shout outs every week. And to all of our patrons, thank you so much for your support. We really do appreciate it. If you are looking to help support the show, get ad-free episodes, join us at the end of each month to talk about The Witcher. And that's coming up in uh, two weeks. So on the 29th, Monday the 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern, we'll be uh, having our patron chat. And We haven't decided what we're talking about yet, but if you'd like to chime in with some thoughts on that, you can do so on the Discord. Uh, Head over to patreon.com slash witcherlorecast. That's the place you can go check out all the different Patreon stuff. Also, if you leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. And you can also rate the show on Spotify. Five-star ratings on there are extremely helpful. And even comment on the episodes. So all of that is extremely helpful. Thank you to everybody for the support. Let's move on with the rest of the show. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. 
vaya. So, Toasty, I know with all of these bestiary episodes, you do a little bit of research, kind of dig into the origins of these monsters, or at least the monster concepts in the real world. Where does where did you find the ghoul idea came from? Uh, so, this is a bit of an interesting one, uh, but it seems like the ghoul finds uh, its origins, or at least as far as I could tell, in Arabic mythology. Okay, so we're going so- to the Middle East. Well, yeah, a lot of these we've been going to like Western or Eastern Europe, but now we're going yeah. to the Middle East with this one. Yeah, so this is very interesting. So, um, in Arabic mythology, it is an evil spirit or monster, undead, devilish, who eats human flesh. Sounds about right. It has no particular image of representation. Sometimes it is considered as the evil female spirit of the desert. They are ugly and stink of death. So, so many times they pin evil things on women. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, welcome to humanity, where the majority of the men historically and many of them today are misogynistic. Uh, cool. The word ghoul means to take away. It is used for a gravedigger by profession, someone who is creepy or a grave robber. Oh, wow. Uh, so that word was actually used for people who did that. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily consume the bodies that they found grave robbing, but they were looking that, for wealth or items or things of value. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and uh, in modern uh, times, it is used to frighten disobedient children, which, you know, so many of our like fairy tales and things like that are so right right uh ghouls steal coins drink blood eat human flesh and devour young children when it eats the dead it can take that person's form there are similarities between ghouls and vampires ghouls are also repelled by sunlight are night creatures have sharp teeth and claws but they are not intelligent they are just driven by their hunger and they will eat meat not just suck blood okay so this has a lot of similarities to the ghouls that Mm -hmm. we see in the in the books in the game uh the you can't take your form in the game which no. uh, imagine how terrifying that might be yeah that would be that would be like a ghoul and a doppler mixed together yeah and i know i have seen this representation in like uh the ghouls in supernatural uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah yeah i they had a very particular episode on that where uh they are able ghouls are able to eat uh people and then are also able to take their form and get their memories so they effectively can become that person for all intents and purposes which right. is a terrifying concept yeah i think there was there was a similar creature i'm thinking now i'm thinking way back to like buffy or angel one of those like joss whedon uh, series there may have been I'm, a similar monster that did something like that in i'm one trying of to remember episodes. there probably was i mean there was a lot of like various monsters and stuff most of them were like demons in those shows right um right I don't know. It's been a long time. I'm, I'm going back 20 years. Buffy, right? I am less. I am less versed. I, I have. I'm much more. Angel is Angel. the better show. High five. Yeah, we agree on that. We agree <laughs> on something. Look at that. That's amazing. I did. I did very. I, did, I just liked Angel a lot. He was a cool dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, in some versions, if a human drinks blood from the vampire, he can turn into a ghoul. The vampire becomes a human superior. 
humans must continue to drink blood from a vampire once a month and then he does not age heals quicker is stronger and faster i do actually know this this is actually a, a thing in um the vampire the masquerade tabletop hmm. where they have the vampires and then they can make people into their ghouls which are basically they have some of the blessings of the vampire but they are not vampires they're still humans for all intents and purposes but if you feed them like i think it is once a month actually is the actual mechanic on it um you can give them some of your power the strength speed reflexes um and they are more obedient to you because they are under the power of your blood and if you stop the i think if you stop the the bloodletting uh it has like a very potent like side effect for them yeah um so it's a powerful way for them to string you along without actually turning you into a vampire yourself my vampire character has a ghoul so <laughs> <laughs> of course of course it does <laughs> um if a male and female ghouls have offspring, a formless thing, it is consumed by their mother. Hmm. So yeah, apparently mean. they can reproduce, but they don't uh, They don't generally keep them. They or just eat them. Or they just eat it because they're monsters and they just want to eat anything anyway. So Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it is a shape-shifting demon living in the desert, taking the form of animals, usually hyenas. Uh, it preys on victims, slays and eat them, eats them. There's a uh, lot of stories around hyenas uh historically hyenas were seen as uh in some in some ways as demons or like a lot of people didn't trust or understand them because they, they didn't work like regular dogs and they don't work like cats they were uh, they were considered dangerous and one of those you know creatures that you would warn your ki children about because you didn't want your kids to get eaten by hyenas well isn't like because i mean there's a lot of like very like unnerving like qualities or i mean like the one i mean they're scavengers so this kind of does like fit into the same category with right. like consuming like dead flesh but it was also like like aren't don't like their laughs actually do can come off as very human and yeah. like are misleading where you think that there's another person and then it's just uh they've lured you into a trap so it can become like a very unnerving like creep especially if you think at night oh gosh <laughs> yeah this yeah you're out by yourself in the desert at night creepy. and over the over the next sand dune or something you hear some laughing and you're like who's over there yeah that can yeah. be extremely so, unnerving to discover I, oh it's a pack of hyenas and they're gonna yeah. hunt me and i would i mean I, I obviously didn't do research on hyenas but i would be curious to know if there actually is like things with like demonic origins because we know in like um in D D, gnolls are hyena people but they're considered fiends or demons uh or yeah uh so yeah i i bet if i i don't know for sure i feel like this is one of those hints that at a, a trend of things you see in old literature pointing at things like hyenas as being demonic or or at least just an odd you know yeah. distrustful animal things like that uh, the serpents usually that's a serpent quality as well and, and some other animals i guess they probably wouldn't be considered as like honorable creatures because of like their tactics and whatnot whereas like you know them you often view different types of animals and the way that they interact with the environment as being more honorable creatures right. so, the noble lion yeah. or elephant or you know like these kinds of creatures are seen as yeah, being hyenas don't have any like moral code <laughs> they just no. won't eat anything and will go by any means to do so yeah yeah um, scavengers in in some stories ghoul is uh genie uh genie um, or gin you know 
yeah gin it's kind of all connected right however you think yeah uh a creature made of a wonderful and smokeless fire genie can be good or evil it is believed that ghoul originates from iblis in islam the devil or shaitan who is a genie refused to obey adam so this connects that all the way back to like that religious Mm -hmm. imagery and and concepts of again the demons this is like a it's like a the story of a devil right yeah uh according to the legends church bells scare away hostile creatures it is better to trick them than to fight them the only way to kill it is by one blow because the other blows would resurrect it from the dead weird okay uh don't hit it twice it comes back Uh, in Arabian folklore, ghoul is connected with the graveyard. It spends time in, in uninhabited places and burial grounds to believe that they feast in catacombs with conquered armies. So that tracks so, as well. Very similar. Yeah. yeah. So that's all Middle Eastern kind of mythology. Is there a European side to this? Uh, yes. So there is a uh, European representation. Um, like ghoul is a cannibalistic monster um, often thought of as undead in European folklore they were once human but they brought the curse on themselves by eating human flesh uh, dead or alive they feed on corpses or living flesh often abducting young children or luring away unwary people into abandoned places yeah this is interesting because that whole eating human flesh turns you into a monster thing is a common trend and also can be found in native american yeah that's native american culture for the wendigo i believe right so even though these two cultures were separated by vast distances in time uh they they had very similar concepts that came to mind and it just goes to show that like the way that we process things as humans uh, is often pretty similar even when we have cultures that are halfway across the globe from each other Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool uh, they are disgustingly ugly and stink of death. They are immensely strong, but geniuses in a sarcastic way, thus tricking them is always a better way than fighting them. So um, they're smart, uh, I guess, kind of in a Loki sense of being smart, like a trickster Tricksters. sense. Tricksters. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, course- but they're also susceptible to being tricked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and yeah, you don't want to have to fight it if you don't have to. If you can fool yeah. it and get it to go the wrong way and then it goes away and you, it doesn't bother you, that's probably the better option. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we don't have witchers in our real world, so um, <laughs> yeah. you don't have the super strength to battle. It's super strength. Yeah. So. Well, there is Ben of Tamaria. And there's Ben of Tamaria. That's true. He is a witcher. Uh, According to the tradition, church bells scare away the storm, the plague, the demons, the ghouls, and every hostile creature other than humans. Right. Because the power of Jesus. Power of, yeah, the power of faith, the power of the church. You right. Know. Right. All of that so. stuff. Well, that's that's cool. I mean, it sounds like there's pretty firm connections here between the mythology and then the kind of creature that we get in The Witcher. So um, sometimes we end up with these stories and it's like this roundabout crazy version of something that we're just I always like think about the leshy. I always yeah, go back to the leshy because the, the old leshy man in the forest wild. and like all of that weird stuff. Yeah, there's so much weird stuff out there. Uh, but this one seems pretty consistent across cultures and um, it's got a little bit of connection to demonic stuff or vampire. So, uh, of course, as as these myths get retold over and over and over throughout time, people 
people start start drawing connections to the things that they're more familiar with with the other stories that they know so mm-hmm. they kind of branch out and connect to other things and we can kind of see that here in the development of ghouls which is pretty cool so awesome um this has been a lot of fun toasty uh any other thoughts on ghouls or al ghouls no uh, i mean it's 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 just one of those it's cool that they have like such a kind of uh interesting i guess origin source to get pulled from here for uh for the witcher especially knowing that like we don't really expand on them very much in the witcher there's nothing i say unique about them in a sense but it's still very interesting yeah there are they're they're the the ads of the witcher where you know the thing that you fight probably most often i would say uh, as far as from what I remember from my Witcher three experience, anyways. Yeah, it's kind of similar to the Drowners. They're they're one of those just fodder yeah, enemies. I'm wondering if I fought more ghouls or more Drowners in the Witcher because there's yeah. definitely a lot of both of those. Yeah, it depends if you spent more time near the coasts or uh, islands. Um, but yeah, it, they're kind of that fodder enemy. But they've got a cool background, and uh, I, you could imagine an evolution of them like the next step beyond al ghul as being like that's kind of a pack leader because it's the big one and everybody else just kind of you know goes oh you're more powerful and big kind of like animals and so they flock to it but can you imagine another evolution where you actually have smart ones they kind Mm -hmm. of like become a little bit more i don't know strategic and then that becomes even more dangerous that would be cool too so all right well that's it for this episode what where are we going next time we've got one week before our patron chat this month we got one more episode any thoughts on what's coming up uh it's probably time to move to another location kind of talked about a lot of the i don't know what it must be getting near the end of the show i'm (laughs) doing accent it's accent Uh, it's accent time (laughs) i need to have a button that press that's like accent time (laughs) (laughs) i must be getting to the end of the show that's That's great great. but uh it's time to move to a different location uh we are getting pretty close to having done a full tour of the continents um just a few more places on the mainland uh skellige and then uh, of course, Nilfgaard, I've been kind of saving them for last. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a, that's a big place. I mean, there's a lot of locations underneath their banner, so mm-hmm. there's a lot going on there. So cool. Cool. We'll move on uh, maybe to the Skellige Islands and uh, maybe some find some more water monsters out in those places as well. Uh, you got anything else going on you want to share? Um, I'm doing the cyberpunk lore cast um which also a shout out to to sergi um they also signed up as a patreon or a patron over on the cyberpunk nice. um i would like to just uh, assume that that means that they they must like me very particularly um hopefully i don't know i'm just trying to boost my ego at this point uh but <laughs> uh so thank you um and then I've also do the cyberpunk red live play podcast, cyberpunk cyberpunk apostrophe D with the fumbling for an almighty crit gang. Awesome. Awesome. Well, go check I that stuff that out. Sentence. Like there was more to say. Yeah. I was wasn't. like, I didn't say anything to that sentence. I didn't. It's accent time. So anything goes, um, yep. <laughs> yeah, go to robotsradio.net. Check out all the different links to those shows and the rest of the shows that I do. And, uh, you guys know all the you guys know the drill we'll be here next week with another episode thank you for tuning in and uh, until next time stay safe on the path see you later everybody 
Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.